just want to put in a quick plug for my Patreon, where if you subscribe for as little as a dollar a month to Disagreeable Subjects on Patreon, just patreon.com backslash disagreeable subjects, you can get access to additional blog posts, things that are a little more off the cuff, stuff that I probably wouldn't put out and publish, except to people who are actually subscribing, um, or immediate thoughts on current events, things like that, as well as special episodes of Disagreeable Movies, because I have to put disagreeable in the title of everything, um, where we watch movies that are politically related and then talk about them with some of my buddies. So it is pretty fun and you should definitely subscribe there. In addition, you can follow Disagreeable Subjects and myself more closely if you follow us on, follow us, it's me, follow me on Instagram at Disagreeable Liesel or on Facebook at facebook.com backslash disagreeable pod. Additionally, on Twitter, you can follow me at L underscore Tadler, which is literally L underscore T-A-D-L-E-R. That's pretty random. It's a good way to get to know me as an individual. Uh, It's not as much commentary as it is me posting things like, if I were president, I would keep a frenemies list and other such brilliant thoughts. So definitely follow, like, subscribe, do all those things, share uh, the podcast on your social medias and be sure, I mean, subscribing is definitely the most important thing. You can subscribe on any podcatcher you are currently using. Now on to this fresh, hot, new disagreeable take. So this week's disagreeable take is going to be short and sweet, and you can probably tell from the title that it's a bit inflammatory. So I called this Rejoice for Our Enemy Has Cancer, because last week Rush Limbaugh announced that he has stage four lung cancer, which of course, you know, cue the joy on social media from those who don't like Rush Limbaugh. There's sipping tea memes, a whole lot of calls of karma, and a lot of general joy at his what at what is more or less a death sentence. Um, honestly, it's interesting to me. I, I have a really hard time with people rejoicing over death. So I kind of want to take this to a more extreme situation to talk about, is it right or wrong to rejoice over basically a death sentence for someone that we dislike? Now let's make it a little more extreme to imagine this situation. Osama bin Laden, generally not a guy most people liked, particularly, I mean, maybe not particularly Americans, but 9-11 was a big deal, and uh, Americans feel that a lot. So I remember I was in college when Osama bin Laden was, I was about to say destroyed, assassinated, murdered, executed. I mean, depends upon how you want to phrase it. Anyway, um... I remember I was at a Christian college in particular, so I thought it was really weird that people were getting super excited about, yeah, we killed Osama bin Laden, because from my perspective, and I was very religious at the time, I felt like while you can see death as necessary, like an assassination or an execution of that sort of someone who's a high-profile head of a terrorist organization, maybe view it as necessary for national security reasons, I guess, but you should in your heart also mourn because theoretically 
that's a soul that will never come to Jesus, right? Like that's a soul that now is beyond redemption. Um, if you believe that you must repent and be, you know, baptized in the name of Jesus, Lord, your savior to be saved forever. Theoretically, God's God would love Osama bin Laden's soul as much as he would love mine. So if I truly am trying to have a heart that feels more what God feels, then I would be sad, even if I understood the reasons why something might have happened. This argument did not go down well uh, in my Christian college. It was a there was a lot of feeling that we should just be happy about it. I remember getting into kind of like a gross Facebook argument about it in which a guy just went like, well, I've been in deep discussion about this with the person who had originally posted the, you know, comment that we were arguing underneath. And I remember just, how does that matter? Why does it matter? You've been in deep discussion about it. It still seems like your opinion is pretty fucked up and it doesn't take a lot of depth to see that. So maybe the discussion wasn't that deep. Just rejoicing over the death of your enemy. I don't know. They do it a lot in the Bible. So maybe it is a very Christian thing, but it didn't fit into my concept of what it, what it meant to be a loving person toward others. Um, I, I feel like there's a lot of ways we can go out of our way to justify joy at the demise or at the pain of someone we don't like, but doing that and then acting as though that's the the right thing to do, um, that seems like a bridge too far for me. So there's a couple arguments that I think you could make in favor of rejoicing when someone is dying, I guess, um, particularly someone like Rush Limbaugh, who you might see as, you know, the face of this sort of evil talk radio movement, um, or someone like Osama bin Laden, who was the head of Al Qaeda. So one argument you could make is that they will no longer be able to do evil. And honestly, my feeling is if you've lived long enough to be known for the evil that you do and achieve notoriety for it, you're not the last one of your, of your cause. You know, you're not the last true believer who's out there. If you're the head of a cause that made you famous, uh, we're putting too much power on the hero, you know, we're decide, and, and I know he's not a hero. The reason I say that is because in medieval European epics, there was this real focus on the hero of the story, you know, the king or the prince who comes and rallies everyone around them to, you know, to rally in battle, to work, to work hard, to stab a bunch of folks. You see this in Lord of the Rings. I think that's a great example. J.R.R. Tolkien actually wrote the character of Aragorn um, to kind of be a model of this medieval warrior king. Um, admittedly, those stories in the Middle Ages were written sort of for the upper class in some ways when they were actually written down because those are the people who could read. Um, they really deified the hero. They made the hero the center of the cause. And if the hero fell, the whole cause fell. So if you're the prince reading this, you're like, oh yeah, I'm the hero. You know, I'm, I agree with this author. The hero is very important. And the character of Aragorn was based on kind of that medieval epic. The reason I bring up Lord of the Rings and Tolkien, aside from that's just a significant thing to do, is because when scholars go back and actually look at what made the difference in medieval battles, it wasn't nearly as often the fact that you had one uh, really epic character leading the charge 
as much as it was kind of a, a myriad of other factors, whether it was staying in formation or, you know, uh, group cohesion and willpower to like stay with your with your unit and whatever it might have been or just landscape and battle tactics or whatever else it might be. Um, anyway, so there is a a way that we lift up one particular person, whether it's Aragorn or Osama bin Laden, and say that if they fall, the cause will fall. Realistically, that doesn't seem to necessarily be the case. It can be a huge symbolic victory, but that might be all that it is. If you're really concerned about who is doing evil, um, it may not be quite as quite as uh, effective as you might want it to be. So whether your hero, depending upon your cause, is Aragorn or Rush Limbaugh, or Osama bin Laden, they probably don't have as much power over the cause as it might seem like they do. The cause, the sentiment that led to their popularity, is frequently still very much alive. The next argument that you could make in favor of celebrating the death of someone you consider to do evil is sort of this, like, it will deter the ideology. You know, if we kill off heads of an organization, it will deter people from following that organization. It will make them realize that there's a price to be paid and they will have to pay it. Now, first of all, I would argue that martyrs don't deter ideology. Like, ever heard of Joan of Arc? You know? Like, didn't really stop anything. Jesus seems like a pretty big example of a guy who was martyred for saying what he said, and it did spur something of a large movement, one might say. Uh, You're really creating a martyr the more you push back on someone because of their beliefs. If they die for their beliefs, uh, then they're a martyr. Rush Limbaugh is dying of lung cancer. That's not really dying for his beliefs. However, when people are gleeful and joyful about him dying, it does kind of make him look like a martyr. Uh, additionally, when it comes to like deterring ideology or kind of deterring anything, uh, assurance of a punishment, not severity of a punishment, is much more likely to cause people to actually be deterred to follow it. There's no way we can actually kill every member of Al-Qaeda in as public a way as we kill Osama bin Laden. Uh, many folks aren't ever really punished or caught for their participation in an underground terrorist organization when they remain out of reach of you know, Western military power. Um, so the idea that that one high profile execution is going to make a difference, I think seems unlikely. You can go back to my death penalty podcast. I talk a lot about the purposes of punishment and kind of how it actually works on the ground with people. Um, but yeah, unlikely to actually deter anyone. I bring this up partially not because we're actually going to deter the ideology by like allowing Rush Limbaugh to die of lung cancer. That's not something we have control over. But creating a martyr of Rush Limbaugh, I think, is something that the left may be in danger of doing. I didn't actually dislike uh, AOC's discussion of him. I thought it was fair. I thought she didn't call him names. She just pointed out what she thought of him and what she thought of his ideologies. And I am not a Rush Limbaugh fan either. So if you watch Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she has a video of how, you know, she's, he, she doesn't say like, oh, yay, he's dying. But she does say like, you know, it's not a, a person to be celebrated as he's dying. And the, he got a medal of honor. And that's gross. 
Um, I rarely agree with AOC. This will be probably the only time you ever hear that come out of my mouth. But I thought that was fair. However, she's a very high profile person who, by discussing this, has kind of made him a more celebrated figure amongst people who just don't like AOC. So not to say like she should or shouldn't talk about it, but I don't know, like you're, you're preaching to your choir. If you talk about how much you dislike Rush Limbaugh, um, at best you're giving ammunition to people who disagree with you to just write you off as a person who's unfeeling toward those who are dying. Um, the third big argument that you can make as to like rejoicing over your enemy having cancer or being eliminated by the U S Marine Corps, uh, is that they deserve it. So I have an issue with the concept that we can decide what others deserve when it comes to life and death issues. I also feel like just because someone deserves something does not mean that it is the right thing for you to either choose to give that to them or to celebrate when it happens. Gandalf, when Frodo wishes that, wow, so many Lord of the Rings references today. But anyway, at one point in Lord of the Rings, I'll just play this clip for you. There's something down there. It's gone. He's been following us for three days. He escaped the dungeons of Barad-dûr. Escaped. Or was set loose. And now the ring has drawn him here. He will never be rid of his need for it. He hates and loves the ring. As he hates and loves himself. Smeagol's life is a sad story. Yes, Spiegel, he was once called, before the ring found him, before it drove him mad. It's a pity Bilbo didn't kill him when he had the chance. Pity? It was pity that stayed Bilbo's hand. Many that lived deserved death, and some that die deserve life. Do not be too eager to deal out death and judgment. Even the very wise can assume ends. My heart tells me that Gollum has some part to play yet, for good or ill. Before this is over, the pity of Bilbo may rule the fate of me. So basically, Gandalf's point, it's not just that he thinks Frodo needs to like not waste his time on these things, but it's sort of asking this bigger question of, are you the person who gets to decide that? Um, how can we decide what it is that we, that others deserve when we start to believe that we have the wisdom to assign the worthiness of someone for life, whether or not they're worthy of life at all, you've sort of lost me. Like, I don't think I'm wise enough to decide whether or not you are worthy of life. I don't think that that's, I don't know, just go back, listen to my death penalty podcast, to be honest. A lot of these themes are very similar. Additionally, I think in this instance, when we're talking about Rush Limbaugh, it isn't as extreme as Osama bin Laden. We've people who are rejoicing in, in it and kind of doing the whole he deserves to die kind of thing. They're deciding he deserves to die when he hasn't committed any kind of violent crime toward others. 
for me, that becomes a difficult place to be. Then you're saying he deserves to die for what he has advocated for. He deserves to die for his thoughts. He deserves to die for speaking out loud these things I disagree with. And there, you really lose me. So, yeah, it's really rather chilling, I suppose. I would say that relief is also very different at someone's death than rejoicing. I think it's totally possible to feel relieved that someone, a, a common experience of this would be if somebody committed an act of violence or you had endured quite a bit of trauma at the hands of someone and then they die, you know, most of the time I feel like what I've heard reported in those situations is a feeling of relief or a freedom. I'm not criticizing that at all. I think that's a very different thing than just being happy that something, that someone you don't personally know is being harmed. If you heard the news of Rush Limbaugh's death and thought, ha ha, like, that's fine. Um, to be honest, I don't wish to critique your thoughts here. This very much, in my mind, is a critique of how people express themselves publicly. I think posting on social media or talking with others about how happy you are that someone is dying, that just seems ghoulish and horrifying to me. On the other hand, and I will end with this. So those are my big three points. I'm going to wrap it up here because I want these to be pretty short. But I'm going to end with the fact that the people who are celebrating Rush Limbaugh as a hero, I think are pretty wacky crackers too. Uh, the, he, somebody called him on my Facebook timeline an American treasure. And I thought that was horrifying. Um just because he has said things that are demonstrably racist in the past. He is no expert at anything in particular. He basically is a person who decided that he wanted his opinion to be heard and loudly and then made it happen. I will give you that he is determined. I will give you that he actually has, has a massive following. I think that if you want to know what certain elements of the right wing in the United States believe, then yeah, tuning into Rush Limbaugh, I think, has value. I also think that he was good at articulating why people would be angry at some of the things that the left is pushing for or believes in. But he really was the... He's the heart of conservative rage in some ways. And I've talked in the past on the podcast, you can go back and listen to it, about conservative conservative rage and liberal disdain and what did I call it? Anyway, something to the effect of them being smug. Um, but yeah, the idea though that he's a hero because he was enraged or that he was a hero because he kind of gave in to these worst emotionalist elements of the right... I, I think is bizarre. So I'm not a big fan, but I think there's a big difference between disliking someone and rejoicing in their death. So that is all I have for today. Um, definitely follow me on the Patreon if you like getting tidbits about opinions that or analysis that I might have. Um, that is patreon.com slash disagreeable subjects. Follow me on Twitter for my much more random thoughts at L underscore Tadler. You can go to the Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash disagreeable pod. And also follow me on Instagram and see lots of pictures of my adorable dog, Elmer, um, at disagreeable Liesl. Thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you next time. Bye.